0: The Colts are in the third quarter, and it's not looking very good. Welcome to the Matt Adams Podcast, coming to you semi-live from the southeast side of Indianapolis, Indiana. And as I've, you know, tried to do a weekly podcast, and last week I did slip a little bit, so apologies for that, but there has been a lot uh, going on. I don't do a week-to-week Colts review, so but I-, I love talking about Colts football, even when I don't like talking about Colts football, which is the case today but this is a six and six football team now and it's a football team that should not be six and six it should be seven and five i think we would all acknowledge that that game against the Jacksonville jaguars sunday was one that the colts should have won now i am not basing that on the performance of the. i'm not saying that that team that walked out on the field sunday should have won that game because that team didn't win the game, and that team shouldn't have won the game, but what I mean is this was a game that the Colts needed to win, and that they should have played a a, a lot better than they did. Throughout the season here on the Matt Adams Podcast, I've been looking at the Colts' season in quarters, the first four games being a quarter, the second four games being a quarter, and now the third set of four games being a quarter, so the Colts are now out of the third quarter, and they're sort of tied with themselves at 6-6. and All the progress that they've made in the last few weeks, they just erased by laying an egg against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that was horrible to watch. I had the pleasure of watching the game at home in Williamsburg, Indiana, with my father and my brother because we were celebrating. uh, I had to work on Thanksgiving this year, and my brother-in-law on my, my wife's side of the family had their Thanksgiving celebration. I don't get to see him a whole lot, so... Since I had worked Thanksgiving, I kind of stayed and hung hung out with her family for that weekend of Thanksgiving. And then the week after, I had Thanksgiving with my family. So I saw my parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, and, you know, my nieces and nephew. And that was great. It it was a lot of fun. One thing that we do, of course, is watch some sports on the weekends. And, you know, that's just kind of one of those things we've always done. And I I love going home and watching sports and and weighing in with my brother and my dad. And I I got to watch a fair amount of some football and some basketball as well this weekend. I watched the Pacers game Saturday night in Sacramento with my dad, and that was a disaster. Uh, A game that the, the Pacers really should have taken three out of four on the road. But, you know, if you come up repeatedly empty on possession after possession after possession... When it's a close game, it's going to come back to get you in the end. And I thought that last shot from Boyan Bogdanovich was going to go down, and it didn't, and there was a little extra drama with a jump ball at the end, but it just didn't happen for the Pacers. And then I got to watch the Colts game on Sunday with my dad and my brother. And, you know, it's still a fun experience to watch a game, but it's better when your team actually shows up for said game. It's just so disappointing what this Colts team pulled off on Sunday because this was a team that looked like it was starting to turn a corner and again they have not beaten the 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 great teams of the NFL they've lost to some pretty crappy teams too Jacksonville included now it's just disappointing because you know they lost to the Jets but they scored 34 points they lost to or they beat Oakland In Buffalo, they scored 37 and 42 points in those games. They scored 29 against Jacksonville in the first half of their first matchup. They scored 38 against Tennessee and 27 against Miami in a game that they needed a big comeback in the fourth quarter to win. The offense has been clicking. I'm not Mr. X's nose guy, but I, I do know that in the first half of that Jacksonville game was an aberration. Jacksonville blew some coverages. They didn't get their personnel groupings right. There was confusion in the secondary, and the Colts exploited that. But Jacksonville cleaned that up, and we know that we cleaned that up because in that first game against Jacksonville, the Colts scored 29 points. In the second half against Jacksonville, they got a goose egg. They didn't score a single point against the Jaguars in the second half of that game. What that means now is with a shutout game against the Jaguars on Sunday, as my brother pointed out, at once the final buzzer sounded in that game, the Colts have not scored a point against Jacksonville in six quarters of football. So one bad half for the Jaguars a few weeks ago, and, and they, have, they have cleaned everything up on defense. And we know they've got a good defense. I, I just I didn't like some of the positions that the Colts put themselves into during this particular game. And I'll, I'll get to those things in a minute. Now, first, let's review. When we last left our beleaguered football team, they were going into the bye week, and they were 3-5. and five. They lost some games. They should have won. They should have won that Cincinnati game. They could have easily beaten Philadelphia. The Houston game should have been a tie. They had a big comeback, of course. There was a fourth down decision in overtime with 20 seconds left that basically said, hey, Houston... You know, here's the game. You can have it. The The loss to New England was legit. And really, the New York Jets game was a legitimate loss as well. It was a game the Colts could have won if they had played just a little bit better. There's no excuse, really, for giving up 42 points to the New York Jets. I think they gave up a ton of field goals in that game, too. So that game was a lot closer than it really should have been in the end. They they dominated Buffalo 37-5. to They had a comeback win against Oakland. Then they hit the bye, and they hit a crucial four-game stretch. A four-game stretch that was going to make their season. They took care of their business at home, and that is what they needed to do. They beat Jacksonville twenty-six or 29-26, to which was a game that they jumped on the Jaguars, then they let them back in, couldn't get anything done on offense, and they needed kind of a controversial call at the end of the game where a guy caught the ball. And it looked like he fumbled it and the Colts recovered, but they called it, you know, they they didn't call it a fumble. And then they reviewed it, and then they said, oh yeah, it was a fumble, the Colts recovered it, and they were able to run out the clock. Meanwhile, the Jaguars were driving down the field for what would have been a game-tying field goal, or, or a possible touchdown that would have won the game if the game had continued after that point. The next week, they just completely blew out the Tennessee Titans in a game that was really never close. 38-10 38 to 10 was the final score of that one. That was the home game and that was kind of like, wow, these Colts they got they they've got something here. And then they were up against a pretty mediocre Miami team. They fell behind in that game, but they had enough fourth quarter magic to come back and win that one. It was a pretty good offensive performance for the most part. And then you hit Jacksonville. And again, this is a Jacksonville team that we know the defense is good when the defense decides that it's going to show up and play. And in this particular game, they did. They were they were tremendous. They didn't give the Colts receivers much breathing room. They dominated the line of scrimmage on defense, especially. And the Colts had really no hopes of running the football against the Jaguars in this game. By halftime, I think Luck had thrown more than 25 passes. You know, it's kind of the metric that you look at with this team. How many passes is Andrew Luck going to throw? In these games where he is thrown, you know, upwards of 40, 50 passes, they've not been successful. But if you have him in that, you know, 25 to 35 pass range, pass attempt range, then you feel like you have had an offense that is clicking or at least is being efficient. And they, they were not efficient. He was 33 of 52 yards, There, he was 33 of 52 With 248 yards. No touchdowns. He had an early interception that was an absolute killer. He only averaged 4.8 yards a completion. He got sacked three times. And the Colts looked terrible. Luck did not have a good game. We have praised him a lot this year for his accuracy. Seems like he's making all the throws. But against Jacksonville, he didn't. There were some plays where he tried to lead a receiver and he threw it behind them. Or he led them too much. And it was just one of those games where any time the Colts made what appeared to be a positive play, they immediately negated it with something negative. The play that just, to me, epitomizes the whole game for the Colts was a long completion to Zach Pascal, and he made a great catch on it, but it didn't matter because they had a holding penalty on the play. This was a team that couldn't make any plays on offense. They finally make a big play on offense, and it doesn't count. We march the ball back 10 yards, and, you know, there's there's your drive. And that's the kind of Sunday that it was for the Colts. Nothing they did on offense worked. And this is where you've really got to take a look at this coaching staff. And really, I do love Frank Reich. I've, I've said that before on this podcast. I think he's great for the Colts. I'm so glad he's here And I'm so glad that Josh McDaniels is still in New England so that I don't have to worry about him. I didn't think we would have opponents that would have a schematic edge against the Colts very often this season. Now, Jacksonville's got a really good defense. It hasn't been playing like it at times this season, but it is a good defense. And when they kind of decide that they're going to play and play well, they are capable of doing some incredible things. And they did some incredible things this week against the Colts. Uh, they were running with all those receivers. They did not give anybody any room. Anytime you tried to make a catch, you had a guy on you. There, there was not a lot of this running free through the secondary. There weren't any blown coverages in which you know Mo Cox Cox, who was not able to play this week, and Eric Ebron were able to get free for big plays. And the, the thing that disappointed me in the coaching staff is it was a very apparent early in this game that yardage and points were going to be at a premium. And they threw away some opportunities to get points. Also knowing that points were going to be at a premium and Jacksonville's offense was terrible. Like, almost worse than the Colts. Probably was a little bit more efficient when it needed to be, but they put points on the board. They got six points, and the Colts got zero. And you know, this was a three to nothing game at halftime, and by the time Jacksonville got that second field goal to make it six to nothing, it felt like two touchdowns. And really all the Colts needed to do was get downfield, get into the end zone, and get a score and they would have won this game. This was the kind of day, if you watched this game, that you knew that just wasn't going to happen. Unless they had a rabbit to pull out of the hat at the end of this game, they were gonna do it. They had a couple chances. Yeah, and then they got to a 4th and 1, you know, they they blew the the blocking uh, assignments on the left side and Luck got sacked. And that blew probably one of their better I won't say it was one of their better drives, but a drive that had quite a bit of time still on the clock. They pick up that 4th and 1, you know, maybe something special does happen. But again, they just can't do it. And they they blew a couple other chances in the game. Early in the game, where you put some points on the board, and I think the the complexion of this game is completely different. Instead, you know, I, I suppose you could make the counter-argument, especially on the fourth down play where they went for it near the end zone. It was a day where points were at a premium. I guess you could argue that the Colts coaching staff is thinking, well, we know Jacksonville's offense isn't very good. If we stick them at the one or two-yard line on offense, they're not going to be able to do anything with it and we're going to get the ball back in a good field position so that's part of your thought process the other part of your thought process is yeah it's been a struggle to move the ball so far they're playing well we don't really have our a game going on today if we can get a touchdown here we can close the door on these guys now it's a little bit early in the game to start thinking like that but maybe that factored into the calculation of why the Colts went for it there on the fourth and goal play and tried to get a touchdown I, I will be perfectly honest I have seen it work I have also seen it fail miserably I'm not a big fan of the shovel pass at the goal line because there is so much traffic there are so many bodies in there that if that gets sniffed out it just takes one guy to make a play and stop it And that's what happened. One of the Jacksonville defenders, I think it was Ngakwe, made a tremendous play and stopped the Colts running back short. Now, if they get in the end zone, then you're like, oh, look at that. They're so smart. This is a great coaching staff. We love how aggressive they are. But this game just had – games have feels sometimes. And you would think that as a fan and you have a feel for a game or you have a gut feeling about something that the coaching staff that is experienced – actually knows the X's and O's of football and how they execute all these plays, that they would also have a feel for things and that they would have a better feel for things. And and maybe their feel was, you know what, we get points here. We don't think Cody Kessler could do anything against us. Their Their offense is bad. Our defense is playing well. If we get the touchdown here, we can just put the boot right on the throat and just snuff out any chance they have of getting into this game on the other hand you saw how how much of a struggle it was I think in that this case I understand yeah you got all the way down there you want to get away with a touchdown you want to walk away with a touchdown in that that case I I understand that and it's disappointing not to but you've got to also remember the opponent that you're playing this is Cody Kessler they made a replacement at quarterback because Blake Bortles who was a guy that has really only been good against the Colts wasn't going to play, so you've got a new quarterback in. You don't know how he's going to play. You're going to assume that Jacksonville is going to play this game as they've played when they had Bortles at quarterback, and that is we're going to be super conservative with stuff. We're not going to take any big chances, and we're just going to hope that we can protect our quarterback, make enough plays in the run game and the passing game to get some points, and let our defense do the rest. That's the Jacksonville roadmap for success. Except they've got their backup quarterback in this week. And you, you think maybe he's not going to do that well. And really he wasn't. Cody Kessler was, was awful. The whole game was awful. This was one of the worst football games I've ever had to watch. I remember a Monday night football game one time under the Jim Harbaugh era. In which the Colts lost to the Buffalo Bills 9-6. to And that was an ugly game. But this one was uglier knowing that the Jaguars are not going to be able to score many points, I think you have to go ahead and kick the field goal there. And perhaps there are some advanced analytics that tell us that that's not the decision, that conventional wisdom in this case and playing it conservative isn't going to pay off. Well, I can tell you that if you look at those analytics right now, it doesn't really matter because the score of your football game is 6 to nothing. You didn't score a single point. If you'd kicked a field goal there, Or on the next time that they decided to go for a fourth down play, you kick a field goal there, instead of needing a touchdown to win the game in a a situation in which you have had a lot of trouble, then you're just going to need a field goal. And that might be more achievable, maybe send this thing into overtime. But again, it doesn't matter. The Colts did not play well at all offensively. This was a team that had put up yards and points and had been able to run the ball when they needed to, and they just had nothing going against Jacksonville, of course they only had 16 rush attempts against the jaguars and and i i think that was mostly because a lot of times you go away from the running game when you get down by a lot of points and the colts abandoned the running game i think just because it was completely ineffective uh, Andrew Luck had an 11-yard run. That was the long of the game for both teams. Uh, actually, both quarterbacks had 11-yard runs, so Kessler and Andrew Luck had long runs for both teams because the Colts did a pretty good job against the Jacksonville running game. They only allowed about 2.9 yards a carry. They had seven, 27 carries for 79 yards, and the Colts were even worse than that. They had only 16 carries, 41 yards for a 2.6 average of course, you've got the the fourth down play to Eric Ebron in which he lost nine yards and fumbled. And I, I just, I did not understand. I mean, I guess I, I do sort of understand maybe the counter argument for the, the fourth and goal play. But I, I did not understand that play call with Eric Ebron. I know they ran a similar play with Jordan Wilkins a few weeks ago in which he was able to get a big gain and, and get free. But, you know, that's not your tight end running around. And that play had no chance Jacksonville, you know, did the old Sage Rosenfels helicopter on Ebron. He coughed the ball up. It would have been a long field goal in that case. This was a possession that came, I believe, after the fourth and goal decision. This is something that they could have, again, scored some points from. If they go for it on the fourth and goal and don't get it, and they stop Jacksonville, which they did, they end up with pretty good field position. If they end up scoring on the ensuing possession, you know, you're like, well, I still didn't maybe love the call, but at least they got points out of it. Well, they didn't get points out of it because they went for it on fourth down again, and it was a disaster, you know, and that set up Jacksonville pretty good field position. I just, there were just a lot of decisions like that that I, I didn't understand. I, I realized that getting separation from the, the corners and the secondary in against Jacksonville was, was difficult. I, I get it. We're still trying to chuck the ball downfield against a defense that is harassing our quarterback all day. You know, I just felt like we were doing these, these long drops again and trying to get the ball down the field with long developing pass plays. The short stuff probably wasn't going to work real well either because Jacksonville was on top of those those receivers. But it put so much pressure on the offensive line And then you have, you know, Andrew Luck's not been sacked a whole lot this year, and they got to him three times in crucial situations. I mean, that fourth and one play that effectively ended the game for the Colts blew an assignment on the left side, and Luck gets dragged down, really doesn't have a chance. And that that was the Colts' best chance to try to get some points and score at the end of that game. Let's say they do pick up that fourth down, and that drive stalls. Then the question becomes, do you kick the field goal Try to get the ball back again with your three timeouts and a two minute warning. I, I, I don't know. And I, I didn't like some of the decision making at the end. Time is at a premium at the end of the game when you don't have any timeouts left. And they blew a timeout earlier in the game when they came up and they tried to do the fake cadence fourth down and didn't draw them off sides. And instead, of just taking the penalty and punting the ball away, they took a timeout. In a situation that, you know, they ended up going ahead and punting, that five yards, if you're going to punt, means nothing at that point in the game. So just take the penalty. Maybe they thought, you know, Jacksonville would line up in a certain way. We'd try to get a fake punt and, you know, a fourth and one would be easier to pick up than a fourth and six or whatever. But take the five-yard penalty. If Jacksonville doesn't want to accept that they don't have to, that's fine. You're still at fourth and one. Just go ahead and kick it. And then at the end of the game, you have an extra timeout. And how valuable would that extra timeout have been? So that, that ticked me off there in the second half. The other thing that ticked me off they, they threw like a five-yard pass to Eric Ebron on this last drive with no timeouts. It was clear he was not going to be able to get out of bounds. I say just, you know, accidentally chuck that one over his head out of bounds. In this type of game that the Colts had on Sunday, if they had done that, then they'd probably somehow get intercepted. Throwing that five-yard pass to Eric Ebron in bounds and just watching the time melt away on that clock... Terrible. And then instead of coming out and clocking the ball, they just kind of meander up to the line of scrimmage and get their, you know, luck gets its people in place and get the offensive line gets set. They wasted a lot of time after that play. Now, a lot of people are going to talk about the last play of the game. That was a pass to Eric Swope on the sideline and whether or not he got out of bounds. It's a judgment call, I guess, hearing the, the luminaries at the uh, the NFL officiating experts that they have on the broadcast say that's a judgment call and the the you know referee probably just felt that his forward progress had been stopped in bounds even though every part of his body landed out of bounds and if if they had called for the the stoppage of the clock there the colts would have had about 5 seconds left and they'd have had a desperation heave toward the end zone to try to pull off a miracle and to that I tell you this don't complain about that play being the last play of the game because that play is not the play that lost the Colts the game the plays that lost the Colts the game were wasting a timeout when they didn't need to throwing a five-yard pass to Eric Ebron inbounds when you know the clock is ticking going for it on these fourth down plays when you could have gotten points when you are playing a team that you know is offensively challenged. These are the things that lost you the game, not the referee deciding that Eric Ebron was out of bounds, or not. Er, not Eric Ebron, Eric Swope, whether or not he was out of bounds. Those are the things that lost you the games. These uh, bad decisions, blown blocking assignments, uh, bad penalties. Now, the offensive line, as good as they have been in much of the season especially the last 4 or 5 weeks they were as bad as they could have been in this game and you know you you wonder is, is part of that Eric Bane being in the center there and not having Ryan Kelly i am sure that has something to do with it but you know i don't think Ryan Kelly not being in the lineup is the reason that Anthony Costanza was letting guys blow by him on the left side that that doesn't really have much to do with Ryan Kelly in the middle of that offensive line and it happened a few times it happened to him and it happened to Braden Smith and, and we know that Braden Smith there on the, the right side of that line is a new guy. He's a rookie. Guys with a ton of speed and athleticism. They're gonna be a challenge to him and he's going to need some help. You know, they they just I felt like they got it taken to them this game against a team that's not very good. And again, Jacksonville's defense is, is, is legit. They've shown it in six quarters against the Colts. They showed it all last season against the NFL. We we watched them their their offense. The, the Jaguars offense and my brother turns to me and he goes how did these clowns ever beat the New England Patriots the answer to that is the defense that has been MIA for the last 7 or 8 weeks showed up against the Patriots and they are back and they came back against the Colts i didn't have very positive outlook on this game because there were a lot of factors that looked like they were breaking in the Colts' favor. Leonard Fournette, their top running back, isn't going to be able to play because he's fought in the game last the week before and was suspended. So you don't have to worry about Leonard Fournette. Blake Bortles, this quarterback who had not done much against much of the NFL, but has done a lot against the Colts for whatever reason, whether it's scheme or he just hates Indianapolis or whatever, has played very well against the Colts. But the Jacksonville Jaguars decided to make a change at quarterback. So instead of him... Instead of having Bortles in there, you've got Cody Kessler. So you think, well, Bortles has killed the Colts. They don't have to worry about him. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Leonard Fournette's their great running back. He's not going to be in there. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Jalen Ramsey's got a sore knee, so maybe, maybe he won't play. Maybe he will. He played, and he showed no signs of that knee injury slowing him down anyway you had all these factors that sort of tilted the scales you thought over to the colts one thing that i have found is that in conventional sports wisdom when you look at teams and you look at matchups and you're like well obviously the colts are the better team and they should win this game the jaguars have all these factors a b c that are going against them this is going to be an easy win for indianapolis anytime you start to think like that you have already lost the game now I don't think the Colts thought like that, but I know that a lot of people in uh, the sports world that analyze these games and look at these matchups and give their opinion on sports thought the Colts were going to walk away with a pretty easy win against the Jaguars, and I just didn't have a good feeling about it. I mean, let's face it: the, the Colts, while they you know have gone from one and five to six and six, which let me tell you is still an accomplishment. Don't want to take too much away from the team. But the way that this this third quarter of the season ended with this loss to Jacksonville was awful. And I get so upset thinking about it. Because they they lost several games at the beginning of the year that they they could have won. I'm not saying they should have won those games. But there's, there's at least four games Where the Colts, if they had just played a little bit better, done this a little bit better, come up with a play at the end of the game, they come back and win, then they have set themselves up in such a good place. But they didn't. They were 1-5 and to start out. 3-5 and going into the break. They had won five games in a row. And these are not world beaters. Tennessee's an okay team. Miami's an okay team, Oakland's bad, Buffalo's bad, but you know what, the Colts went and they won games that they needed to, they won, f- they won five straight, one of them on the road, they did what they needed to do, and they rebounded from that 1-5 start, got themselves up to 6-5, and five, with a chance to go up to 7-5 and five against Jacksonville. And let's face it, the Jaguars, I I don't know, I don't think my friend Matt Love uh, listens to this show. He's one of my friends from college, and he's a huge Jacksonville Jaguars fan. The Jacksonville Jaguars have, and always will be in many fans' minds, the Colts' little brother. They're never going to quite get there. They're always going to be the Jaguars. You know, sort of LOL Jaguars. They've done it this year. I mean, last year they had a great season. You know, they got the division, they got to the championship game, and it just looked, it felt different for the Jaguars. But then they come out and they're sort of like pounding on their chest this season. We're great. We're going to be really good this year. We're going to go back and take care of that unfinished business. And then, you know, they won three of four to start the season, including a, a win against the Patriots in week two. And, you know, the Patriots every once in a while get off to a not so great start sometimes, but still beating the Patriots is is tough. There's the best coach team in football. So they come out, they win their three out of their first four, and then they just Jacksonville themselves. You know, they give up, and it's their defense that doesn't play well. I mean, they gave, they gave up 40 points to the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't think anybody will tell you that's a great Dallas Cowboys team. You always have that perception of the Jaguars as the Colts' little brother and the little brother in the AFC South. Maybe you take them a little too lightly, but I I would hope not. I would think the coaching staff would recognize how much talent this team has on the defensive side of the football, and if they play their game, difficult to get points against them. And my goodness, did Jacksonville play their game. It's just unfortunate that this is the, the, the fourth game of this third quarter of the season. If the Colts beat the Jaguars, and even if it is a close game, and kind of a miserable performance, you know, goes to overtime. Somebody wins 9-6 to or whatever. If they come away with a road win there, even if the game's ugly, you're feeling good about the team. They're 7-5. and They're right in the thick of the playoff hunt. But now they're 6-6. and I-, I guess 538, the-, the website that sort of tracks sports trends and sports probabilities. With the Colts lost to the Jaguars, their probability of making the playoffs fell from 29%. To nine percent. That is how devastating of a loss this is. They still technically have a chance to win the division, but I I think we all acknowledge that that is just technically a chance. They're not going to win the division. They play Houston next week, so they have a chance to pick up a game on Houston. But then Houston has to lose out, and the Colts have to win out in order for the Colts to win the division. And I, I just I don't see that happening. Stranger things have occurred in the sports world and in football. And, and, you know, for some of the teams that I've rooted for in my life, but I, I just don't see that being a possibility. But it it does stink that that's the last impression of this team that we have going into the last four games of the year. This is a football team that is six and 6-6. Six. And, and the thing about this game is they desperately needed this win. They They got themselves into such a hole. They dug themselves out of it. They had a winning record going into this game against the team they've already beaten this year again they haven't scored a touchdown they haven't scored a point against the jaguars in six quarters they have pitched a shutout in a game and a half that's the bad taste in your mouth from this game again it's not a it's a game they they played poorly there is no question they played poorly they made some very bad decisions when it came to some key moments in this game yet they were still in a position, if they had done some things a little bit differently, they could have won the game. Things didn't didn't break their way, they they didn't make their own luck this time. And in that five-game win streak, they did make their, their own luck. So so, what is good about this football team right now? And it, it's hard to say, because there was not much good that went on on Sunday. This is supposed to be a recap of the last four games for the Colts. It's really turned into a session in which I talk about the Jaguars game that Jacksonville loss is so important the Colts close out their schedule at Houston they host the Cowboys who are playing better they host the Giants who are not a great team by any stretch of the imagination it's a beatable team even though they 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 beat the bears somehow in overtime they've had a bad season and then they they close out against Tennessee you know like like this stretch that they had here, this four-game stretch, they've got four games that, will they win all four games? Probably not, but they could. They, they can beat these teams. It's not easy. If they play their best, they could win out, and 10-6 and six might get you the wild card, the second wild card, but they're going to need help now. And that's the place that you won't, don't want to be in. And, of course, they could easily lose to Houston on Sunday, and that could be all she wrote you know, for the Colts there is, you know, if they lose to the Texans, you know, then you're looking at a six and seven football team and the best you can do is nine and seven. And then you're in desperate, desperate need of some help from some of these other teams that are in the playoff hunt. They just didn't do themselves any favors by losing to Jacksonville. When you start out one and five, if the Colts had started out instead of one and five, they'd started out two and four. They had an extra W under their belt, or two extra W's under their belt, then they would not have this, we have to play flawlessly and win all these games in order to get in. But that's the situation that you put yourself in when you, you know, make mistakes at the end of games, and let your quarterback get sacked in key situations on a fourth down. That That's that's how things work, to the Colts' credit. Yeah, 1-5 looked bad. Fans were not excited about the team at all. And then, you know what? Hey... They beat Buffalo, not a great team at all. But they beat them, and they didn't just beat Buffalo. They they brutalized Buffalo. They beat Oakland, not a good team at all. They needed to come back to do it, but they made plays. The defense made plays, or at least a play, when they needed it. Against Jacksonville, second half, defense couldn't make any plays, then they made a big one, and that ended the game. Tennessee was a dominating performance from the Colts. Just defensively, offensively, everything clicked for them there. Miami was a chore last week they did not play as well as they should have or as that they were capable of i should say and that that was a tough game but they came back and they won it so they set themselves up after that one and five start they got to six and five you beat jacksonville you're seven and five you still don't have any breathing room because you pretty much still need to win out if you have any hope of making the playoffs they were not able to do that because they lost to jacksonville and they lost six to nothing they looked like a team that never played football on the offensive side of the ball at all they, they couldn't get any running lanes. They couldn't get any passes downfield or intermediate. Everything was challenged. And when they, they did make plays, they were negated by penalties and mistakes. And the Colts have no one but themselves to blame for the situation that they're in. They didn't make plays earlier in the season when they could have to win a game here or there that would have made life a little bit easier. And it's still been hard to make the playoffs, even if they only won one more game or two more games. If they'd made some different decisions throughout the season and pulled off some plays, they'd be in a different position than they are now. And I hate to bag on them. I, I sort of wish the Jacksonville losses had been reversed. If they'd started out there, you know, if they had their win streak interrupted by losing to Jacksonville earlier and then came back and won this game, at least you are able to talk about a win. And that other loss would have still lingered and it would have stunk and they'd be in the same situation, but you'd feel better. Because you always feel better coming off a win than you do coming off a loss. Even if if they'd lost uh, 17 to 14, I think you'd still feel bad. You'd still feel miserable. You'd still be upset at the football team, but you wouldn't be talking about the decision making so much. You'd be able to give Jacksonville credit for you know playing well and and doing the things that they needed to do. But you're looking at a team that averaged near. 40 points for several games in a row, and they come away with a bagel. Zero. And the infuriating part about that zero is it didn't have to be that way. They had chances to take the points i think they should have known based on that second half that they had against jacksonville in week ten in which they didn't score any points and almost watched that huge lead slip away they should have known points were going to be at a premium because of the way this defense is capable of playing and you have to take the points i tend to be pretty conservative by nature when it comes to things I. I do like to roll the dice sometimes in a fourth down situation when it makes sense. But it's all about feel. And to me, this was a game where I didn't feel like the Colts had any type of advantage that they could waste points. Or that even if they went for it on a fourth down, that they were capable of scoring against the Jaguars. Because they haven't done it. I mean, by the time you hit halftime of this game, the Colts have been shut out for an entire, the equivalent of an entire game against this defense. <sighs> Boy, what a frustrating game. As, as, as big of a high as you got when they blew out Tennessee and when they came back and had that really fun comeback win against the Dolphins last week, as high as you got on those, you just get as low for that jacksonville game because it was so bad they blew that one so bad jacksonville's offense is so bad that the colts defense looked good I, I mean it's stuff like this all right there are a lot of moments in this game that serve as a microcosm of the game because that's what a microcosm is but the colts force a turnover of the jaguars on their first possession they get a strip they recover the fumble and they've got the ball and what do the colts do andrew luck throws an interception trying to hit Eric Ebron with three Jacksonville players right in the area. Just like that winning streak negated the 1-5 and start. All the good you did, doesn't matter. You got the fumble, and then you gave the ball right back. Now, let's say he doesn't throw the interception there. I'm not going to say the Colts are going to march down for a touchdown because I just don't think that was the kind of day it was going to be for that offense. And it wasn't that kind of day for the offense. But if they don't throw an interception there, and they're able to get a field goal changes the entire dynamic of everything else that happens in this game they get a field goal they're ahead that fourth down play instead of going for it maybe they do take the points and instead of looking at 3 to nothing at halftime you might be looking at 6 to nothing colts or 6 to 3 colts so they give up a field goal to the Jaguars in the second half. It's 6-6. Six to six. Instead of being desperate for a touchdown and an extra point to win the game, the Colts, they can't relax, but the Colts have the opportunity to get down there and get a go-ahead field goal. All of these things, these decisions, and not just coaching staff decisions on fourth downs, but decisions by your quarterback to try to force the ball to Eric Ebron downfield with three guys hanging on him have such a ripple effect, a domino effect, on the rest of that football game. My deepest apologies for making this Colts third quarter review into a rant and rave about the Jacksonville Jaguars game and the way they lost that game. But to be honest, if you're scoring the Colts in their third quarter performance, this game takes that from an A minus or a B plus all the way down to a D plus because the one game they needed to win was really this game. They had to win them all. They won them all, except for this game. And they didn't, and it was one of the most frustrating, difficult-to-watch football games I have ever seen. It just goes to show that you can have a bad game. It can come at the worst time possible. There's nothing you can do about it. It goes to show that starting 1-5... and and losing some games that you could have won if you had a play here or play there has a big domino effect on the rest of the season. It is all the good you did of getting back in, getting yourself a winning record, making up for those losses that you incurred earlier in the season, and then you just threw it all away by having a terrible game against the Jaguars and having some very questionable decisions made on the field, by your players and in decisions and play calls from the coaching staff some days yeah it's it's a bonanza where you're going to score 35 points and points are not going to be at a premium and you know if you make a mistake here you'll be able to make up for it but this jacksonville game and the two quarters that preceded it did not feel that way for this colts offense the coaching staff should have known better. They should have executed. I, I, I can't say they should have executed better, although that would have been nice too. But they, they should have gone into this knowing, hey, you know what? Yeah, it'd be nice to have a touchdown here, but it'd be better to have a field goal than zero points. And I, I guess it also kind of goes back to the fourth down decision against the Houston Texans. There were about 20 seconds left in that game. If the Colts pick up that first down and get a field goal, yes, they win. And that would have been fantastic. And we've been talking about how gutsy a call it was. And, you know, we got a real go-getter. And Frank Reich, it's a big game. It's a divisional game. The fact of the matter is they didn't convert it. They lost the game. If they punted that ball away, I don't think the Texans have enough time to go downfield and get a field goal. I really don't. If they do, it's a really, really long attempt. They just don't have the time to do it. And instead, you know, the Colts go for it. They didn't get it and they lost the game. But when there's 20 seconds left and they've got to go 60 yards, come on, man, they're not going to get that. And if they do good, good on them, just don't hand it to them in that good field position because then all they need is a pass or two and then your game's over. It, it was the early decisions that have cost this Colts team. You know, they could be they could be 6-4-1 and one right now if they'd made the proper decision against the texans i'm not sure how that uh if that tie would have helped in the overall grand scope of the playoff picture but as far as the divisional stuff goes you just don't want to hand a divisional opponent a win which the colts did when you start out 1 and 5 and then you have your winning streak that is sort of the forced fumble that the colts had against the jaguars early in that game and then you completely negate that by throwing the interception and then losing that game to Jacksonville. The Colts are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are great. They may have a loss or two here, but now there are four games left in the season, and you just don't feel too great about the football team. Now, that said, it has been all uh, Mr. Negativity here because of the Jacksonville game, but I should point out the Colts started out terribly this season. They did get to a point where they had a winning record. They could still finish with a winning record. And this was a team that some people picked to maybe win two or three games this year. For them to have won six games this year, for them to have shown some flashes, I am very excited about the young talent that the Colts have on the defensive side of the football. I really am. Danico Autry played a great game. Kenny Moore made some great plays for the Colts. You know, Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker, they're going to they're bring it every week. There there are good things about this football team. the The, the middle of the offensive line there has been good for several games having Ryan Kelly out stinks I hope they get him back soon I do think that'll help I don't think that cures all but it will help just to have that continuity and we know that he's a talented guy uh, another thing and I, I don't think that if the Colts had him this game that they would have won just because the, the way that this game went but you cannot understate the value of Jack Doyle in the lineup for the Colts and that that guy is just a Swiss army knife and it reminds me a lot. He's he's not the playmaker that Dallas Clark was in in the passing game, but he's very similar in that Dallas Clark did all the little things also with the receiving. Jack Doyle does all those things too. He's he's a good blocker and he's good over the middle. And you know, if you need six yards, Jack Doyle's going to get you seven down the middle of the field. He's a reliable target. Not having him out there and having to adjust the game plan not ideal or the Colts. You know what, for a team that was only supposed to win two games all year for, by some analysts, they've won six. They still have a chance to be at 500 or even finish with a winning record this season. And I know it's not what you want to hear because you want to hear this team got into the playoffs and they made some noise in the playoffs. It's still possible, less likely now with this loss, but it's still possible. Tell you what, you get 8-8 eight and eight out of this team with this roster that they had going into this game. Knowing some of the deficiencies that they have, you know they can fix these things either through the draft or through free agency, most likely the draft. You're, you're kind of building for the long term, and I, I do think they have a good foundation for that. We'll see if I agree with that once we get to game 16 of the NFL season. But for now, I think the Colts are in a pretty good place as a franchise overall, not so much for the season this season's kind of one that got away from them early. They kind of wrestled back control of it, and they let it go again. But that's the thing about the NFL. You don't know week to week what's going to happen here. Maybe the Colts rattle off four more wins. Maybe they win these last four games. They go 10-6, and six. and maybe they are in that hunt for the playoffs. Maybe the Ravens drop a game or two. You, just, you don't know how things are going to play out. Some other team could come out of nowhere and make it in there. You know, you, you've got to kind of try to keep a positive mindset on things, but it's tough because this was the game the Colts needed. They desperately needed to win, and they, they just laid an egg in the worst way at the worst time. That'll wrap it up for the third quarter Colts review, which is really more me spouting off about the Jacksonville game and how disappointed I was and how miserable game it was to watch. But that's sort of the that's the prevailing perception of the team right now because the way they lost that game, it, it doesn't lose in the season. Man, it makes things a lot more difficult, you know, especially if they had those playoff aspirations. They're, they're really teetering. It's kind of like Marty McFly's hand in Back to the Future sort of phasing out right now, unless they can, you know, get some breaks. And that's the thing. If they'd won out all these games, then they, they're in control of their own destiny. Now they kind of have to, you know, take care of their own business and wait for somebody else to, you know, fall and falter at the end. We'll we'll see how it goes. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Matt Adams Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Stato S T A T O M A T T Y or shoot me an email, Matt at MattAdamsWriter dot com. Matt at MattAdamsWriter dot Thanks for listening.